So one, two, three, let's kick butt, and then... No, no, no. You do your, do your regular countdown, and then we do a count up until let's kick butt. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Okay, so it's... Okay, one, two, three, five, five four, four, three, two, two one. One, two, three. Let's kick butt. No, I'm sorry. It's three, two, one. Let's kick butt. Well, okay. So flip it in the audio of us saying one, two, three. Just flip it, and then okay, we'll be saying let's kick butt. Three, two, one. Let's kick butt. I like it. I'll actually just reverse the audio so it's like us talking backwards. I love the way you pod my cast. Yeah, it's volume four. Turn the volume up to this. Hey, this goes to four. Uh, volume four of Butt Rock. Yeah, Dandon hey. Brave presents this podcast. Dandon Brave presents. That's pretty appropriate. It's like it's like medium. It's low to yeah. medium on <laughs> yeah. the yeah. volume. Like Perfect. Spinal Tap says, "Let's turn to 11. That's like cranking it way loud. These bands yeah. we're covering today, they settle around four. I don't know. Sometimes they get to six. Max out at <laughs> high six. <laughs> yeah, on a maybe a low yeah. seven. Maybe." maybe that's pushing yeah, it that's, that's that's pushing it a little too hard rock it's not what these are <laughs> um also you were talking about reverse that's like your butt your reverse the reverse oh like, yeah like your rear yeah your your rever- <laughs> you know you, you know your reverse <laughs> re- it's like a fun way to say your butt yeah your, your, rear, your reverse, your, your reverse. <laughs> i think it works definitely hey start behaving or i'm gonna start Spanking your reverse, yeah, son. <laughs> yeah, I just got reverse ended. <laughs> oh yeah, reverse ended. <laughs> reverse ended. <laughs> reverse cowgirl. Ooh, ooh. You can see, but wow, from prude, from the prude boy, one of the pr- one of the prude boys. I think I have it wrong. From one of two prude boys <laughs> <laughs> on the pod. Still prude. <laughs> You're prude junior. Prude junior. I'm the original prude boy. He is. And uh, yeah, all this butt talk is because, like I said, this is volume four of the Butt Rock miniseries, Everything Butt Rock. This is probably also the point of the episode where uh, presenter Dan will say, did you say the name of the podcast? Even though I definitely did. I very pointedly said Dan and Bray presents the nope. podcast. Nope. <laughs> I did. And uh, speaking first is myself. I'm presenter number one. I'm going first. The leadoff hitter. Presenter Brandon, a.k.a. Ass Don Tushio, a.k.a. Branthong Tuchikso. Is yeah. that the other new one? Brand yeah. New Thong. Brand, Brand New Thong. New Thong. Tuchikso. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I just wanted to like make it clear, because maybe we have some new listeners. The reason why his his parody but last name is Tuchikso or Tushio is because his real last name is Tutsio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how you say yeah. it. His real last name is Tutsio. It's Tutsio, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, Tuts. Hey, t- <laughs> lead. 
our leadoff shitter. Leadoff shitter, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lead shitter. All right. Lead shitter. Yeah. So go ahead. Next. Pinch shitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's really. Yeah, that's perfect. It's a real thing. Yeah. Is that you or me? Am I the pinch shitter? Well, that'd be like a guest. That shitter. would be like a guest. Uh, okay. A guest oh, would, would be, be if, the pinch. It would well, be if like one of us wasn't around. We got a replacement. Gotcha. Wh- yeah. Which which has happened in like late to the game. There are multiple pinch shitters for me. Well, but yeah. nobody really stood in for you there. Well, it felt like it. How about well, that? I guess Gina did. It I guess felt Gina like did it. Yeah. twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. <laughs> can't w- I can't wait to get a replacement for one of y'all. I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's easy to replace you, Dan. It's probably us? easiest to replace me. <laughs> <laughs> I offer the least. Okay. But not in this but you're series. In the heart. Not in this you're series. The heart of the pod. Sure. I'm the fart in this series. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm presenter number two the big deuce, the big shit. <laughs> That's me, the dumper. <laughs> Stump, st- stumpy or stumpy dumper? Dump. I can't believe we didn't do that yet. I know. That's Jesus. the thing we got to do. Yeah, it's too easy for this form. We got to do that at yeah. some point. I'll have to come. Oh, of course we got to do stumpy versus dumpy. You got to do dumper. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'll have to do it with butt rock albums. It's all. It's going to be within yeah. a three-year span. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got a 33, 33.3% chance of getting it right. Uh, stumpy. All right. But yeah, presenter number two, it's presenter Danny, but I'm also presenter Fanny, stink shift, mm-hmm. working it, uh, right, or Danis Stinkson. Oh, yeah. Or just uh, Danal. Danal. Yeah. Danal. Real last name Stinson. Right. And real first name uh, Daniel. <laughs> or, <laughs> or Danny. Yeah. And I am, of course, presenter three, Dave Cologne. But on this series, I like to go by Dave Colon. Drop the accent over my second O of my last name. Getting rid of it. But just for a little bit. It's not there in your legal name either, is it? It is. Maybe not. It's not. (laughs) Pronunciation-wise, yes. Actually, it should be. I've been dropping the accent over the second O for a long time because... You know, it's just easier to write O with no accent. But you're right. I guess I kind of been dropping the accent all my life. And now I'm just finally accepting that dropping of the O. Sorry, of the accent over the O. Right. I guess I've always been Dave Cullen at the end of the day. Yeah, sorry, man. It's actually when we, we went to, um, when my family went to uh, Edith Island. What is it, what is it called? <laughs> Edith, Ellis, yeah. I- Ellis Island? <laughs> Yeah, that's when you approach from yeah Rikers Island. Yeah, when my family <laughs> they came, uh, they came over to at yeah. Rikers Island over from Puerto Rico, <laughs> the, the prison. They said, "You know what?" They were like, kind of like this. We're like, "Like it, but you know what? Drop the accent over the O. It's cleaner." Drop like yeah, like, drop the accent over the O. It's cleaner. What was his name? Sean. Uh, yeah, Sean Parker. <laughs> Sean Parker. Yeah, um, told us that. Anyway, we're here. We've got a f- new volume to. Uh, address and we did the grunge years the grunge era last volume this Mm -hmm. volume is a kind of transitionary volume Mm -hmm. from the early to mid 90s of grunge to the 
late 90s, early 2000s of prime butt rock. This is that middle period. Yeah. Basically, on the road towards what would be uh, the PG-13 of butt rock, because it's not rated R. Butt rock's not rated R. It's PG-13. Grunge, you know, famously rated G. This is PG. (laughs) Post-grunge. Wow. Okay, interesting. I like it. Yeah. Grunge rated G. Rated G for grunge. (laughs) G for grunge. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be the post-grunge era. A little similar to last time. We each covered some bands. And we're just going to kind of uh, see what may or may not have paved the way towards the butt rock sound. What you know, These are bands that we kind of collectively decided were you know, some of the ones we should highlight in the post-grunge that maybe uh, contributed towards the growing butt sound. Uh, but we'll see if that's true or not based on uh, what, we, what, we've, what we each found. Who knows? Yeah. And like last volume, we uh, we separated the responsibilities of the individual bands that are highlighted by. (laughs) So anyway, uh, what's a clearer way of saying that, uh, Brandon? There are five bands. There are three of us. We each covered at least one and then two of us covered another one. Yeah. Yeah. A deuce. Of bands. In the grunge uh, volume, I had one band, Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And but in this episode, I get to have two, which is very exciting. Cool. Presenter two gets two. Yeah. Presenter two gets two. That's a perfect. It's a nice marriage. rotation. It's good rotation. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Symmetry. And so that probably means we should kind of switch up presenter order so that Dave can go sandwiched in the middle like we did last time. Right. Yep. Right. Oh wait. What? Yeah. Oh no, we flipped presenter order last time, didn't we? So that yeah. Dan, Dan was in the middle. Yeah. Well, yeah, we now we're it. back. We can go back to presenter order. We can go back to presenter Dan order. Dan wants to step up to the plate, start it off with one of his bands, and then pass it over to my man Brandon. You know, then me, then yeah. Brandon let's switch again. it up. Let's do that. Let's do that. Dan, this is your episode. I think it's your your time to shine. Your time to lead off. Why? Why is this my episode? Be the lead off shitter. I. <laughs> I said to these guys explicitly in text, I hated this last night. I hated putting this together. I was not enjoying myself. It was torture. This is your shit, dude. I have quite a take I'm going to open. All right, you want me to go first? I'm going to open with quite a take. Okay, I let's like do that. it. We need let's to start well, off strong. Are we going to list? Do you want to list all the bands list now? List the bands first, though. Let's list, list the, the bands, bands right sure. now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. So you're covering whom? Uh, presenter number two, presenter Deuce, Danny here, covering Bush. Oh my God! Uh, junior or senior does not sound very buddy to me. You'd think opposite of but not really. <laughs> oh really? Okay, interesting. Well, the name is like, yeah, feels like opposite of but. Right. The front, not quite the, but. The reverse, if you will. Yeah. Reverse side of the of the human anatomy. The other side. Right. Bush, and then the other band I'll be talking about, a favorite of mine, Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. Guys. But you had no fun. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not, well, Hootie's, we'll get into it. It's not relevant, but we'll get into it. <laughs> I like that. Okay. So that's, so you're covering that. I'm covering, uh, the band's collective soul and live. Oh, oh right. I those forgot. are the two bands. I, re- yeah, I forgot both of those. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. The, that was happening. Which in an SEO era, an, a band name that would never exist anymore. The name the, Live. 
Like you would never name your band that now, because like you got to type in live band. You know? SEO is what search engine oriented. Yeah, oh. oriented. <laughs> okay, I didn't know what that meant, but I cracked the code. For the sake of like current irony, I think a band name like that would exist. But SEO in terms True. of in terms of what you're saying, SEO speedwagon. Yes. SEO speedwagon. <laughs> that would be a nightmare to Bing. Nightmare to Bing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's why a lot of bands do weird spellings and, and shit now and, and rappers because... Uh, yeah. I'm not sure I even know what live is. Like, I know I know I've heard of a I, band called Live, but I'm not sure if I know what I, they are. I can't wait to get into them just okay. for that because, like, this was the band where I said, okay, I know the title of one of their songs and I think I know how it goes. Uh-huh. It was a different song that I knew that I was thinking of, but I still knew that song and then I knew, like, five more. <laughs> Interesting. But I didn't live. I didn't remember that they existed. So we'll I get am into that. The same as Dave. You say the band live. I have no idea what it is right now. I don't know. Yeah. Can't yeah. think of it. I know it's nineties. That's the only thing I know. Cool. When you say collective soul, I know the one song because we talked about it last volume. Yes. yes. Um that Dave, what were your bands? Band. Sorry. Band. Thank Who you. What were your bands? My one band was a band that's worth two bands, <laughs> in my opinion. Matchbox 20, a nice. biggie. That's a biggie right there. Yeah. I might as well be talking about two or three bands because of their impact on yeah. society. Controversial in our discussion of butt rock. Matchbox yeah. 20. Yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. glad I'm glad they're featured because of some of my stuff. So, Danny, want to start it off with which way are you going first, Hootie or Bush? Uh, well, let's do the Bush first. Let's okay, Bush first. Yeah, okay. because it's... The stronger case here, and closer okay. to closer to what we're talking about, Hootie is too you know, good. Oh, okay. So I have a theory. Okay. Did the um, <laughs> did Bush get popular when Bush Senior <laughs> leave office, and then become less popular when Bush Junior, like W. Bush? come into office because almost maybe like maybe like the society was like or like america was like we have a bush absence that we need filled here so let's get a band called bush who are not from america i believe right they're from uk they are british a british, british bush that's a little different for uh any of the bands Ex we've covered so far exactly exactly yeah um, i just wonder if they fill that void in between the two bush presidents uh, almost the first album uh, is ninety four. Hmm. So yeah, he left office in ninety three. There you go. So, so that's like right there. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I want to open with this real quick. Ladies the only things I know. Oh, Bush. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bush. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bush. <laughs> did you guys? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> that's from. Is that my, Phil Hartman? Yeah, it's from my new that's favorite. Who I thought it was. Okay, okay, it's from my new favorite Twitter page. It is SNL hosts introducing the musical guest. Dave <laughs> Dave likes almost everyone from this page. I see him liking it on Twitter. I'm a big fan of it too. That was Phil Hartman introducing Bush. In a, in a really, I need to play it one more time. It's very insane and sexual. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, Bush. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> this is really good. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to play that. Um, That's awesome. So, Brandon, I'm sorry. You were going to say something? I'm sorry. Oh, no. Uh, all I was going to say, the only things I know about Bush are, there are three things. I know the song, like the kind of the main song, which I'm sure you'll play, 
I won't say the name of it in case not. Okay. I'm sure you will. Uh, I know th- what the album cover looks like. Okay. Uh, and I know that he was married to Gwen Stefani. Oh, I didn't know that. For a long time. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, so I know two of those things. And I know one of them very well. I knew that he was married to Gwen <laughs> Stefani very you know well. That fact very well. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that very well. And I, I still don't think I know what, what I know the name of the main song, which I, I guess like I won't also say to be like honorable to Dan for some reason, <laughs> but I don't, I'm not so familiar with it. I just like, I'm kind of aware of it. I don't I, know what the album cover looks like. So yeah, we, I think we're all thinking of the same big song, but there's definitely at least one other that you guys definitely know. And I forgot, okay, I didn't okay. know this was Bush, but I was like, oh my God, I know this song. And what's interesting about, you know, it's, I'll talk about it, it's probably the most butt rock song. So, uh-huh. oh, um, of all time, OAT? Of this band. But it's, oh. I think it's very OTB. butt rock. Yeah, yeah, OTB. <laughs> um, so, they have eight studio albums altogether from, tonight. 19, from, yeah, wow. tonight, from 94 till today. They put out an album last year. Oh. <laughs> today. They put it out yeah. today. Today, yeah. <laughs> The hits, of, you know, today, uh, until today. Uh, formed in London in 90, 1992. They separated in 2002 and then reunited in 2010. So it was like an eight-year gap. Original, hey. Yeah. Hey. It's because W was like really, he showed his reign. W was reigning. Like they didn't. We didn't need Bush anymore. And then what happens? W. Bush leaves in 2009, and only one year later, Bush the band reunites. There it is. It kind of is making sense here. Yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, Ga- Gavin Rossdale. That's the main guy. That's that, the name. Yeah, that, that's the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, lead vocals, rhythm guitar. Nigel Pulsford on lead guitar. Uh, he Come was re- replaced by Chris Trainer in 2002. <laughs> Um, Dave Parsons on bass. Repla- okay, listen to this guy's name. Dave Parsons on bass, <laughs> replaced by Corey Britz in 2010. <laughs> Wait, Britz? B-R-I-T-Z. Britz. Oh, wow. Wow. And then Robin Godridge, or maybe Goodridge, maybe I spelled it wrong, on drums. Uh, replaced by Nick Hughes in 2019. So Not he, Nigel? What? Is it Nigel, Nigel Godrich? No, Robin, I said. Robin Goodrich. Oh. <sighs> Sorry, I, the, the producer of Radiohead, I was like, this guy's associated with this band? That's, that's off. <laughs> it's off. <laughs> off. <laughs> Awful. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so most of the time... They just sound like a grunge band. Like, you know, they're okay. they're put in, I guess, this post-grunge category, but if you didn't know anything about them, I would just say, like, oh, this this is a grunge band from the early 90s. A lot of time, it yeah. just sounds like that. They're definitely, definitely trying to be Nirvana, like, 90% of the time. He sounds like Cobain huh. a lot, like, when I was listening okay. to it. Yeah, uh, like I said, yeah. the one song that I know, but you're you're telling us that we probably know the other one. I, it's not it's not like a full band, so I don't know what they sound like off the top of my head. Right. Full band. No, you're right. I know what Brandon's okay. talking about. Yeah, um, that's like probably their biggest song. 
But um, Don't. yeah, so I would really only call them post grunge because of the time period, not the sound. I mean, the sound, ah. it just sounds like grunge uh, to me. Okay. Most hmm. of it. So the debut album's called 16 Stone from 94. And then what is the big song, guys, all together? What's the name of it? Three, two, two one. Listerine. Did you say Listerine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, glycerin, right? Glycerin or glycerine? Glycerine. Glycerine, right? Okay. So I'm going to play it. At the one minute mark. Okay. I'm not really familiar with this. Very Cobainy. Very Cobainy. Yeah. But it feels like shinier a little bit. Yeah. Right? The strings are going to be a big thing this episode because that's one of the things that starts to splinter off of, of this. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, um, Nirvana had a cello in their Unplugged concert. Right. So I wonder if that was an influence on the cello in this. Clearly, he was listening to yeah. Nirvana. So then, okay. <laughs> There's this song. I think you guys are going to remember what? this guitar lick. Uh, okay, so, so this is from 94? Yeah. I'm going to play... There's three tracks okay. from this album I want to play. Yeah, it's all from 94. Okay. This one is called Machine Head. Sounds familiar. Isn't there, there a band called Machine Head? Uh, uh, yeah, right, or an album? I'm gonna um, Probably. It does sound familiar. But 30 seconds in, I think I recognize it, this guitar uh, <laughs> this guitar lick like right away. Oh, yeah. Oh my god. Oh. Remember this song? This is a little more about Rocky, I think. Oh, it, it is. Yeah, right? This is like we're starting to get there with like this kind of this shit. Is butt rock. Right? Kind of, right? Yeah. The only difference is that it sounds you can hear that sounds earlier. Right. Yeah. The technology's a little bit earlier this is butt rock though i can't see how it's not oh. yeah so his like machine head oh, yeah. chorus i totally forgot about this song i don't think i know yeah. this song the only thing i know about it is that it's butt This part's a little bit less buddy. Right. More straight up Nirvana. Yeah, it goes back to that, that guitar yeah. riff. Let me play, just play the very beginning of the song real quick because it plays that guitar riff very clearly. <laughs> like pop punky. Right. Yeah, I wanted to play that. Pop yeah. punk. I know. But then well, it's so a, yeah. 
What's weird is that his vocals almost kind of set like they're straddling the like Yarl, but uh, it's kind of skipping an era and going towards that like trapped, like Brinking Benjamin kind of like yeah, like, a little bit of that more hard rocky yeah. vocals, which is interesting. Definitely, like boxing ring. Yeah, uh, MMA. UFC, kind of yeah. more UFC. Yeah, in yeah. There. Yeah, right. That's like I think what we said. Besides football, UFC is like the official butt rock sport. Yeah, wow, that's it, impressive that they were able to do that sound this early on. Yeah, well, th- it also this album is on Spotify. It is remastered, which you could tell it sounds pretty good. Oh, so there is that okay. to consider. But okay, this song, in my opinion, this is straight. This is that one was pretty butt rock. This one is absolute butt rock, especially when you get to the chorus. Oh. And I forgot it I gets for, buddier. I think so. This is Come Down. I can't believe it's not wow. Buddier. Come Down is... Uh, come Down. The one minute mark here. Give it a second. The chorus is really where it's like... Very Cobain. Very Cobain. It's a harsh difference between the verse and chorus. Right, because this is more this is more Cobain-y. Yeah. But the chorus is like It's pure Cobain. 100% pure Colombian Cobain. Remember this song? Yeah. I know that song. This is a butt rock chorus. 100 This sounds like a creed. This sounds like a creed chorus. This is a three doors yeah. down chorus. This is three this doors down. This is actually down. the This is the closest to with arms wide open prequel that we've heard. Yeah. Bush might be a butt rock band, guys. Like, this is a butt rock song. Yeah. Then it goes back to this thing. That's, yeah, that's a butt chorus. That chorus, yeah. Damn. Come back down from this town. Yeah. I forgot about that song. Remember that song? It sucks. I totally forgot about (laughs) it. Remember all this stuff? It all sucked. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Right, the verse, not really, but then, yeah, that chorus, big time. Um, wow. Yeah. This is blowing my mind here. I know. Um, I got more because the butt continues. Not not as much as these, but the, I found a song. Interesting. So wait, hold on. Before you continue, Yeah. that's all from their first album. All of it from 1994. Yeah. And I think those are the three biggest hits, too, from that album. I'm pretty sure. That would make sense. And yeah. So you think that they get a little bit less buddier as they progress yeah it starts that most of it is just straight up grunge from what i listen to maybe there's some butt that i like you know i wasn't like listening super closely but but um that's interesting though because it's like they're getting closer to the butt rock era and yet retreating from the butt rock sound yeah kind of that's kind of interesting yeah i mean at least that's the theory right now most of the album is just straight up grunge those three okay. songs were standout, but okay. stand and okay. it makes sense. The biggest commercial hits are this the butt rock sound. That's what we've been so talking looking about. At, yeah. I'm looking at the chart positions on like the singles for this album, okay. and all of those songs, plus their two other singles from this album, were at least in the top four on the U.S. like alternative charts, and okay. come gotcha. down in glycer and hit number one. Mm. So they were they were big hits in the U.S. Yeah. and Canada, especially. Glycerin um, isn't like as charts. isn't but as much. 
I'd say it's a little less no. than the other two. No, but it's a little towards this, like, the Goo Goo Dolls side of things that okay, I'm definitely, definitely. going to be talking about Yeah, with one of my things. But, like, it's, like, but adjacent in terms of time period, and it's got some characteristics, but it's a little bit more, uh, like, adult. Yeah. Yeah. True. Their next album, I don't have any songs from the second album, although it's called Razorblade Suitcase. <laughs> That was actually a bigger album than their first in terms of like chart success and album sales mm. as an as an album. It's like a it's like charted better, it debuted higher. It was like a bigger album, but probably because they were established at this point. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know any of the songs from it. It's probably yeah. yeah they probably just were riding off of the success, and right. then it just didn't have as much, like probably as good of a reception. Yeah. yeah, people bought it, but there's no staying yeah. power here. Like these songs are not that good. Yeah. They're not as good as the first album songs. So it's like when Sweeney Todd was released in theaters and there wasn't any singing in the trailer. So everyone went opening weekend and did great. And then it bombed after that because people were like, oh, they're singing in this. <laughs> it's, exactly, that. it's exactly it's so like much that. like that. It's so much <laughs> like that, Brandon. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> okay. So that's the second album. The third album is called The Science of Things. This is from 1999. So we're really getting into the thick of, Ooh, you know, the butt rock era. We're here. Yeah. So one song I wanted to highlight just because of the vibe. I mean, it, it feels like Creed. It's um, well, no, I'm sorry. There's a, it's a couple different things. It feels like this is called "Letting the Cables Sleep." Never seem to get in the place that I belong. Don't wanna lose the time. Lose the time to come. It feels like Hero to me. The Spider-Man Hero. Yeah. Okay, like that that part of Butt Rock. It felt like that yeah. to Not me. Not so far off. There's the chorus. This is Creed-like to me, too, this chorus. Like, you know, kind of like this sort of, like... It has this like epicness that just reminded me of that part of the Creed and Butt Rock and how like, you get like these there's bigger a, yeah. There's one specific Creed song it reminds me of that I would always skip because I had that <laughs> weathered album and I didn't like how it started and then I never like listened to the rest of the song. So yeah, that one kind of reminded me of that. Then I wanted to highlight something from. Wait, Dan, just real quick, the Wikipedia page for that song, the Bush song. Yeah. It says genre soft rock. Oh, and, interesting. Uh, uh, but, I mean, that's just Wikipedia. But music video directed by Joel Schumacher. <laughs> For letting the cable sleep? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <Weird>. um, <laughs> wow, all right. Their fourth album is called Golden State. Uh, this is their, this is, two, I think it's Whoa. 2002. It's their final album with the original lineup. And they go on hiatus for a bit. Okay. This song is called Float. Um, and I have a note here that this song basically goes full butt. That's what I wrote down. I don't remember how it goes, but this was okay. full butt. What year is this again? I'm sorry. I think, I think 2002. 2001. 2001. It's a beautiful world. Everyone's insane. You 
Pretty bad. Yeah. Bad chorus. Yeah. Big time, right? Yeah. Horrible. <laughs> Bush's butt. <laughs> All right. So Bush's butt. What are, I think so, right? They kind of are. Bushes, but I mean, you're pointing out that like their their songs are like Frankenstein, grunge, and but yeah. they yeah. are the purest transitional band we've we've heard thus far because they have songs that sound like they firmly could have been from the grunge era, but also parts of the songs that sound like they're firmly from the butt rock era. Butt rock, yeah, yeah. So like. I mean, they are butt, but they are like a little pre-butt too. So it's like, mm-mm-mm. yeah, like, like, can we the say majority? Butt? I well, guess the, so. The majority of their catalog isn't it's really not. butt, but their biggest songs are like three of their right. biggest ones, yeah. or two of two of them at least. I mean, come come down is such a butt song. No yarl yeah. from him. There is no yarl from him, which no. is something to consider. Also, then not really a yarl guy. I mean, I don't. But neither was Chad, like we talked about. Yeah, but I think if they like also take from Cobain, it classifies as butt. I uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, which I didn't feel that way when we, when we started doing this series. But right, I think you have right. to like you, like that has to be butt. I've I've turned a corner on that. Yeah, turned the corner around the butt to the bush. The reverse. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I I started the show by saying I have like a, a take I wanted to say. <laughs> Listening to this band, I was thinking to myself, as a human being, a creative person, a musician, how could you possibly enjoy getting together with people and producing (laughs) this sound? (laughs) How could that be enjoyable for any person? I mean, look, okay, you you start to do it and you have commercial success. Okay, that's, you know. You're gonna keep doing it. That's you, you. You make a living off making music. I get it, but to get together with people and like enjoy this coming out of what is just like I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> my mind yeah. will never get enjoying that. How could you? How do you enjoy that? I mean, honestly, like I I agree, I agree with you. There are other like there are other musical things. I that I feel that like sh- stronger about that like I can't believe you found so many people on the same page as this, but like I also feel that way about like other just random things that I don't know like like a hat maybe that everyone makes fun of or like like a bowler hat you know like like with a suit or like a Ed Hardy shirt but then for some people that's just like what hmm. I they just I guess they don't see it from that that angle like they or they don't hear it from that angle at all like that yeah. song that song I just played is unbearable. <laughs> Think about this, Dan. They spent 
hours and hours and hours and hours perfecting that I know level of shitty sound. I can't. Yeah, like uh. that's interesting. Like they were like, it's not shitty enough yet. Like they keep carving <laughs> away until they got they shaped it into that. That's interesting. It's interesting for me too, because like I I don't like it. Also, it makes me feel like like if I were to listen to that for more than this podcast, I would start feeling sick. Which a lot of his music makes me feel sick. Yes, dude. I had a hard time going through the the, the Bush catalog, the Bush years. I had a hard time going through the Bush <laughs> the years. Bush years were, were hard for a lot of us. They were hard for a lot of us. It was tough. Um, just because it's just every song is just like... Like you go darker and evil, you know, into metal. I get it. You go happier and Hootie and the Blowfish. I get it, (laughs) which we're going to get to this. I I can't wrap my head around enjoying doing this. Yeah. Maybe it's not enjoyment. Maybe it's just purging. It's right. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's catharsis. It's purging or reflecting. Like we've talked a lot about the, like the emotional kind of like context that comes with some of these bands and songs. Like maybe it just like is what the people that listen to that are feeling. Yeah. Like real to them. Right. They they don't necessarily enjoy it either, but it's what's real. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Oh, that's something. Sorry guys. (laughs) It's okay. But Hey, that was very important. I'm sorry, but no, I but mean, it w- it was really it really important, very to important the, work to the did. narrative here. Yeah, yeah, like that was one of the most essential highlights of a band yet, I think. Wow, Ag- agreed. Well, I'm happy. I- I'm happy and unhappy that it was assigned to me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your service, Stan. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Well, now that you kind of went in a direction of like showing us stuff that we maybe new but didn't know and all that i'm gonna go with live uh for this round because it's gonna be kind of a similar thing live round live round now mm-hmm. dave i was thinking of you quite a bit when covering this because i i i learned a fact that made me think of a show that i don't like and i know you dislike more than i do okay um, go ahead <laughs> uh so the lead singer of of live his name is ed and I, I, I already knew that the lead singer's name of Collective Soul is Ed. And so this is the tale of Ed, Ed, and Eddie Vedder, the butt rock uh, lineage. Excellent. Yeah, da- Dave's like least favorite show. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot Dave said that. Yeah, that's right. That show also puts me in a Make similar sick, yeah. mindset <laughs> or like, yeah, state of feeling like so disgusted. And this type of media makes you realize that the world is sick and disgusting and I don't want to live in it, live in this type of world. If this is the only thing we have to offer in this earth, I'm out. Yeah. But luckily there's more. So but anyway, continue. Luckily live. there's more. Yeah. So <laughs> there's live. more to live for. There's more to live for. <laughs> live. Here's the band yeah. live. Um, so can you guys, uh, without, without like coming across the track. Sorry. Do you know if it's definitely live or, or is it live? I, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's live, but I actually don't know <laughs> now that you I say that. I always thought it was live when I saw the I band. Thought it was li- yeah. But it could be live. Now, can you guys look this up, but without trying to come across the song list in case uh, you recognize one of the names, because I kind of wanted to be surprised, but can you look up the album for the album art for Throwing Copper? 
live throwing copper. So I always had throwing this image of, in my mind of this band live, and I always kind of associated them with Nine Inch Nails, and also that's because my babysitter when I was a little kid had both of these albums in mm. her basement. So I always thought it was a little bit like more metal. So oh, I'm play yeah. The f- I remember this album cover. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't look familiar to me, but the, okay. the style of art is the very aesthetic. familiar to me. Yeah, yeah the yeah. aesthetic. Okay, so I'm going to play the song t- name. Like, this is the song name that I r- kind of knew off the top of my head was Lightning Crashes. So I'm going to play this first. Now, this is all off the same album. And Dave, this album produced by Jerry Harrison of Talking Heads. Oh, I think I knew about that. Okay. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks for Jerry. Sounds like Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so just wait though, because I was gonna say, I was gonna say that, <laughs> especially when he does. Let me get to this. Come on, go to it. Yeah, like there's some weird stuff going on here. Yeah. So okay, so I'm listening to this and I'm like, okay, so this actually feels a little bit more kind of like what I was like say like the. Then it gets a little grittier, but it, like okay. kind of like that REM like collegey sound. Yeah. But then right. he's getting a little grittier here. What years is from? Ninety four. Ninety four. Okay. Same year as Bush's uh, first album. Yeah. That's that's a little buddy. I know this one. Yeah. So almost every song I think you're gonna say that too. Eventually. So okay, this is They're reminding me uh, of another band that I've mentioned again last week. You might agree with me when I hear play another song, but very toolish too. Like a little bit more of that like darker sound. So here's another one that Again, you guys will probably recognize this is called I Alone. Kind of similar starting, but. Even more Enrique <laughs> on this one. Just gonna get to the hook here in a second. Your anchor is out, you've been swept away. And the greatest of teachers won't hesitate. To leave you there by yourself. And that's one. Oh yeah. Yep. Right? Yeah. 
Definitely know this one. Okay. Yeah. So like they they keep throwing me off with what they're doing. Yes. It sound, yeah. Again, it sounds like one thing, and then it kind of goes more towards butt. But it, but it's still not like full butt yet. Like his voice is close sometimes. But that was more of a grunge. For butt. More of a grunge chorus, I think. Yeah. Yes. Nah, That's one quirky nah. butt. If it's a butt, I don't <laughs> think it's a butt. I'm not seeing it as a butt. I see no. it as like, oh, let's make grunge a little bit more elastic. Post grunge is a good descriptor it's here. Yeah. Post grunge, it, it really feels is very post grunge, and yeah. it I can hear a lot of the stuff that that comes out of this. Okay, here's another one where so this one was like, okay, so there's no way I know this one, and then I did. Just two more, we'll do. Is this all from the same album or no? All from the same album. Okay. Like, I forgot this was them, yeah. too. Oh, okay. Vaguely remember this, yeah. <laughs> Weird, right? Kind of reminds me of Bodine's. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. So, again, like, so many weird turns. And then last one I'll do where, again, I'll go, okay, there can't be a fourth one that I d think I don't know and then I know. It is volume four. <laughs> I was like, right away. To fear Yeah. The crowd that has a name. And to write. This sounds very REM. Very REM. Yeah. Or strong. It is known to scream from the wall. Chorus. Very Goo Goo Dolls here. This sounds like R.E.M. too. I don't know this song, I don't think. This one I knew. Okay, so this is kind of then going off what I was saying, where like, this is feeling like too structured for butt. You know what I mean? Like it's too like arranged. It, it, oh. It's going, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot. I almost feel like it's the opposite. Really? Maybe not structure is the right word I'm thinking of. It feels more experimental than but. Yes. Well, I guess that's what I mean, is that it feels like very deliberate, like doing these odd choices. and Right. Like, that, like, yeah, for sure. Like there's too much thought into it. It's not emotionally yeah. led like I feel like a lot of the butt rock stuff is. There are always moments in these live songs where I feel like, okay, it's about to get buddy, but then it never really does. It definitely feels, like you said, Dan, like, definitely feels post-grunge like it feels like a really good much more post-grunge than bush does bush is just either grunge or butt right yes yeah almost in like the, the like the sense that like post-punk has a very distinct sound from punk yeah but you can hear how it like 
took from it. But yeah. we're living in a post-grunge world with this band, and they're adding their own flavor to it in a, a very unique way. That's kind of cool. I mean, it, I don't like love it, but I appreciate it more than I thought I would. Uh, the problem this with this band is their name sucks ass. That name yeah. is so generic sounding. It's, it, it's very generic, yeah. yeah. It sucks butt. Live? It sucks butt. It sucks butt. Yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm kind of with you. Like, not anything that I don't think I'll, like, really revisit, but while I was listening to it, I really appreciated it. I was like, oh, I did not expect this to be as kind of interesting as, as it was, where yeah. I kept being taken aback by where it was going and, you know, obviously being, like, familiar with the songs, weird vocal choices. Yeah. Maybe not giving us what we need like Dan did with, with Bush, but definitely helps cl- paint this post-grunge picture a little bit clearer. Right. Yeah, and like it's not your fault that you were assigned this band, and I don't know that butt rock pulls from this kind of thing at all, really. From not really. No, yeah. not really. really. Yeah. Not really. I think some of the like heavier riffs I can hear it, but it does feel too towards that REM Goo Goo Dolls like side of things. Then yeah, uh, it's it's than, better. Than I mean, it's it's better. It's better. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is a more creative, cool thing. Yeah. So at least some of it that you played. I yeah. didn't listen to any of their other stuff. I'm now I'm kind of curious to. Hmm. You didn't listen to any. What's their next album? Their next album is. Um. Is it really 1999? Was that the whole? No, that can't be. Uh. No. Their next album was Secret Samadhi in 1997. Should we hear or just a quick little snippet of their most popular song from that album? Here we go. Here is. Lakini's juice. It was an evening I shared with the sun. This is like guitar tool. This is almost like a from the yeah. Everything. Yeah. We what band was that? In the Three Days Grace. Right. Yeah, this bit, they just feel like they're more metal leaning, like like that, hmm. than the other stuff. It sounds a lot like that song, man. There we go. The Butt Rock Bands went to live's second album for inspiration. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. Weird. I, I'm kind of into his voice. I now like Brandon. It. Why didn't you listen to this album? <laughs> uh, I I honestly thought the next one was 1999, and I just okay. was going for the post the post grunge era. Why didn't you okay. torture yourself like I did? <laughs> yeah, I feel like 1999 would still apply, but okay. That's uh, that's fair. <laughs> I was trying to not play like eight songs, so since there were so many from that first album, I just stuck with that. That's totally fair, but do your homework, please. Uh, <laughs> by the way, this is coming from me, the guy who only had one band with uh, not that many albums. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is Dave. that it for lot li- for live? Yeah, that's it for live, <laughs> live or live, live Tyler. <laughs> So the band I 
I think I chose them too. I was like, I want them. Matchbox 20. And uh, before we get into that, I just wanted uh, to, to bring up a couple of things I forgot to bring up at the top of the show. So this is volume four, and we are firmly out of No But November. That was K-N-O-W, But November, where we get you to know everything about butt rock. And now we're in the month of December. And last app I pitched the butt rock name for this month. <laughs> it right. was a December to rectumber. <laughs> kind of a play on a December to remember. Kind of got rejected. Like it didn't get a great reaction. <laughs> Here's my pitch for this week. Okay. For December. The themed month title for December. Ready? No dick December. No dick December. Because we talk about butts only. Better. 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 Butter. Any better. (laughs) Okay. It's a little better. It's a little cleaner than Rectumber. It's it's any better. (laughs) Anything is better than (laughs) a December to Rectumber. Yeah, I hate that. I hate it. Yeah. So maybe we'll we'll keep suggesting Wait, things say, throughout the say, month. Say that one. Say the bad one again, or the kind of bad one. A no. December to rectumber. How about a December to rectumber? Wait, why? That, I no, like. no, no, no. I don't. Why is that better? It's confusing. I like the, the, it's confusing people. It's confusing people. We're not talking about dicks. I'm saying there's no dicks. What about no like, dick December? Oh, what about right, right. your member is your dick? Like to D member. A December to D member. Oh, but you don't have to get rid of the dick. <laughs> yeah, you just cut off. We're just not cut off talking your dick. about the dick. To listen to fun. <laughs> not removing the dick. I'm just saying we're not like we're not talking about dicks. Like no dick. Okay. Makes okay, sense. but we'll keep working we'll on keep it. Keep at it. Yeah. Work in progress. I think progress. Also, <laughs> I wanted to uh, point out that I'm drinking a can of low carb <laughs> Monster Energy Drink. For the special low carb app of everything but rock, <laughs> I think that's appropriate because it's not full, but it's low no. carb. It's low carb. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I got assigned Matchbox Twenty. I think because of my and lead singer Rob Thomas's shared connection to the Latinx community, <laughs> uh, Rob <laughs> Thomas gets a barrio pass for his work with Carlos Santana. <laughs> and for his marriage to Puerto Rican American model Marisol oh. Maldonado. Ah, didn't know that. Oh. Yeah. I thought it was because of your shared uh, p- ear piercing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's another thing we have shared. We use the same uh, needle. <laughs> we share the same needle for the <laughs> piercing. Rob Tomas. <laughs> Tomas. <laughs> Fun fact I learned about the band was that they hail from Orlando, Florida. That's not something I would have expected. Wow, Orlando. very bad place to, to be from. Yeah. 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 Think about this. It's the hometown of the Backstreet Boys, right? That's what I was thinking, yeah. Or NSYNC. And the home state of Creed. Creed, And I'm yep. sure other butt rock bands, we haven't really looked too deeply into that, but definitely Creed. Mm-hmm. And Matchbox 20, sonically and culturally, rest right in the middle of those two major turn of the millennium groups, I think. Like sure. Creed yeah. and Backstreet. Like, 
Yeah, Fine. definitely You're not wrong. Who you say Maron? I said yeah. I said oh Maron. <laughs> <laughs> Tozio. And <laughs> the name of the band I learned from a crossword recently that um, I was able to put this together. There are usually twenty matches in a match book or match box. Hmm. So I think that's why they're called Matchbox Twenty. I think. Mm. Hmm. What was the other thing I wanted to point out? Who cares about the other members of the, of the band, right? There's like I think it's like four or five guys that four guys, yeah. including Rob, have always been in a band. And there was a fifth guy who like left the band. I think after their first like few years or something like that. I don't okay. Know. Who who cares too? Well, sometimes the names are fun. They're not that fun, though. Look at this. All right. Then, okay. Brian Yale on bass. Boring. Mm, boring. Paul Duchette. Doesn't feel very buddy to me. I don't Douche, like it. Douche. He's on drums. Doucette. It's not very buddy. It's very pussy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kyle Cook on lead guitar. <laughs> Yeah, these Kyle are Cook. It just sounds like a winner of American Idol season yeah. yeah. forty three. Yeah. Adam Gaynor on rhythm and lead. Nah, it's like boring names. These are kind white of. Florida guys. Even Rob Thomas is very boring, but he stands out like personality wise. Yeah. Any generic name is either an American Idol winner or Dan's favorite album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's fair. That's really fair. Sometimes they overlap. <laughs> right, Dan? Um, oh, well, the, I was gonna, yeah, some, yeah, they had a lot of overlap. Um, I was gonna point out, uh, an artist, but that's in an episode that hasn't come out yet. Uh, of a name. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Keep gone. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. Now, before I give my spiel on Matchbox 20, let's, let's hear a, let's play an example of Matchbox 20's sound. So, they're very popular. In the mid-90s to early 2000s, um, but off top, I just wanted to play a song so we, we get a sense of like what their, their sound is like. Just let me uh, figure out how to do this again. <sighs> <laughs> Week 36 into... Week 36, <laughs> <laughs> Week 36 into <laughs> virtual pandemic uh-huh. podcast. <laughs> Just give me a few minutes to figure this out. (laughs) Okay. Here we go. Here's a song uh, from their first album, 1996's Yourself or Someone Like You. Oh, I remember that's the name of the album, yeah. Yeah, there's a guy with a um, swimsuit on? No, a swim cap on? I can see the album cover. With glasses? I think Mm -hmm. it's a swim cap or maybe it's a pilot's cap. Whatever. I think it's a... Yeah black and white anyway black and white photo this is push from that album really by hand that's touched me and i feel like something's gonna kill and i'm a little bit angry well this ain't over no not here now we know it right this is a yeah yeah i remember this one that's a freaking hit You know, etc. 
Okay, so upon reflection with what we've been learning about the evolution of Butt Rock these last several volumes, and like Brandon was the first one to kind of point out, Butt Rock, has, that term has been around a long time and is sometimes thought of as music that was made at the butt end of a subgenre's popularity. So, for example, some of the, the hair metal bands that were like doing music in the late 80s or early 90s after it's like already kind of fading like warrants cherry pie i've come to believe that matchbox 20 is an alternate wave of butt a different strain a variant if you will in this age of <laughs> uh, variant viruses and stuff of covid like the butt rock we've been focusing on the creed the nickelback that's a kind of like a, like a grunge inspired butt rock Mm-hmm. But I think like Matchbox 20 is a college rock inspired butt rock. Yeah, sure. Names I'm kind of throwing around for this variant of butt rock is University Butt Variant or VH1 Butt Variant. <laughs> I love I love that VH1. And other artists of this movement would include Train, right? And I haven't really thought of anybody else, but I, I'm definitely saying train. <laughs> Maybe Hootie. Maybe Hootie. Well, I think Maybe I think this Hootie. is I think this is the Lifehouse, the calling, like all that stuff. Like this is okay. That, this is that we're yeah. I mean, I'm I'm so on board with this because this is kind of what in our like pre-recording thing, the two wings of this era, the like but adjacent stuff. I like that you're saying that it's like the college butt inspired. Yeah, like, we'll keep getting into it, but I think it's its own wave of butt rock. It's just different than the post-grunge butt rock that we've really focused on. Is it kind of maybe like love songs versus like the internal emotions of butt? Like, I feel like maybe this side is a little bit more just straight love song inspired, too. Maybe. I mean, there's elements of like anger and aggression here, too, but it's a lot more tapered. But yeah, I think it's primarily love songs. I think Matchbox are like the Nickelback of the college rock sound. They're yeah. just a wave behind the Gin Blossoms. You know the Gin mm-hmm. Blossoms? Who were definitely doing like this college rock thing in like the early 90s. But they're not really grunge, but they came out during grunge. Mm-hmm. And Matchbox are kind of bastardizing and commodifying the jangly guitar and angly... F- Ingly, <laughs> indie folk sound of 80s college rockers like R.E.M. and The Replacements, making it even more palatable and radio-ready and gaining popularity at the butt end of that initial college rock's peak, appealing to a younger generation who aren't likely familiar with the originators of the sound, or as familiar with the originators of the sound. So to this younger generation, this is a new sound, but in reality, yeah. it's taken a lot from a sound that's been developing for a decade and a half beforehand. Kind of a surprise to me, since they were always on the radio every time I turned it on growing up, the surprise to me was that they only had three albums in their period of relevancy. I oh, thought wow. they would have more. A lot of hits, I guess, yeah. Yeah. 1996 was their first album. That's Yourself or Someone Like You. We just talked about it. Wow, debut album, Smash. Yeah, quintessentially like 90s sounding, I think. Then they, they follow up four years later with 2000's Mad Season, a continuation wow. of their sound, 
uh, established on the first album with some really awkwardly used synth brass and strings <laughs> for some reason. And then their last album of this like relevant era is uh, 2002's More Than You Think You Are. Okay. Uh, okay. I didn't listen to it fully, but I like sampled it and I was like, this is annoying sounding. That's the one with... Um like they're uh, unwell. Is that like the the one that's on that album? It is, it is. And okay. um, I was gonna play that as a bonus. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Because I want to bring that that song up with like something I want to introduce later. So you played Push from the first album. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I don't really have the eras. Like I don't know, like off the top of my head, like what is what era. Yeah, I would like to know, I would like to know this as well. The eras. The first album has the most hits. Is this a... Uh, maybe it's time to go home. There's yeah. Awful lot so of breathing. Yeah. 3 a.m. A 3 a.m. Okay. The other big one was Back wait. to Good. Oh, wait. What is that one? I'll play I that I think the one quick. Dan was singing was on the next album. Uh, yeah, I wasn't doing 3 a.m. Oh, no. No. This is Back to Good. The chorus is kind of familiar, I think. Everyone here oh, yeah. knows everyone here is thinking about somebody else. Yeah. Right? That's a yeah. hit. And then Kay. Real World was a hit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge. This was a big one. Sitcom pop. Oh, yeah. Friends. Theme. Yeah, it's a little loud. It's a little too loud. Yeah, it's a little loud. It's a, it's a loud song. <laughs> it's meant to be played loud. I forgot about that. And this is real world. Come on, I'm yeah. around here. Not the real right. world. <laughs> so that, <laughs> yeah. Mad season has, I think the biggest song is this. Bent. Yeah. I think we might have played this. I've, we played this, this on, the number pod, one yes. on the pod. This yeah. hit number yeah. one. That episode has not come out yet, but that does hit number one. Right, where we were Im- we were impressed with the guitar. Like we didn't remember that guitar being like that. Well, right. Spoilers for our takes. And then the last <laughs> album has "Unwell," which I'll play later. Wait, what, right? Uh, Good. Oh, were you gonna play another song? I was gonna do what I did last week, which which was um, highlight certain parts of songs that I think. Okay. Could have influenced the butt rock sound, but go ahead. I was just going to ask, I think the song maybe Dan was tr- thinking of that I completely forgot about was If You're Gone, that song. Maybe It's Time to Come Home. Yeah. Oh, forgot right, about, right. I completely forgot about that song. Yeah. No, okay, so that's the second album. So the second album was Bent and that one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Unwell. Gotcha. Okay. So um, a lot of their key hits were out concurrently with the butt rock prime essential uh artists we we've been discussing so it's probably not likely that uh, matchbox was a like a major influence on them like the essential butt rockers and i don't hear a lot of obvious similarities with what matchbox does musically and what the essential butt rockers do musically but i did locate some so okay. here are my findings of the similarities okay the first finding was this Vocal. Something that stood out to me while doing my Matchbox research was that Bob Tom <laughs> is yarlier than even most grunge rockers, arguably. Sure. He wakes up yarlier in the morning. 
Um, I hear the the Pearl Jam influence with Thomas's vocals and maybe some slight like Scott Violand sex appeal. So I think he probably did draw from grunge a little bit, but like I was saying, he kind of draws musically a little bit more from like college rock of the eighties and early nineties. But I do kind of think that Tom kept the Yarl warm in the mid nineties, kept that Yarl candle burning for a few years and then passively passed it over to Scott Stapp because like he was maybe the major Yarl voice in the mid nineties. Who knows? Yeah. And I want us to re-listen to one of their biggest hits with more experienced ears. So I'm going to play 3 a.m. And I just want us to really focus on the vocal. This is from their first album. She said it's cold outside and she hands me my raincoat. She's always worried about things like that. She said it's all gonna end and it might as well be my fault She only sleeps when it's raining And she screams And her voice is strange She says, baby It's 3 a.m. I must be lonely She says, baby Well, I can't help but be scared of it all it's like obnoxious almost like it's coming uh at it from a different angle i think but mm-hmm. it's definitely very better yeah it's, i guess it's smoother better better i don't know it's like more polished better yeah more more in a pop setting mm-hmm. yeah i remember when yeah. i was younger listening to this like really not being able to understand at all what he was saying but now i can kind of hear it now, yeah. You, now listening, yeah. <laughs> but still, like it's <laughs> right. But as a kid, you know, it's ridiculous. Like that's what, that's <laughs> yeah. That's what it sounded <laughs> like to me. Yeah, you could. Yeah, you, you could just sing just, it phonetically. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, but now, like, <laughs> I can clearly hear him say that rain's gonna wash away. Actually, then I lose it. Then he says, and then I believe in. I believe yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's in or it. It's, I don't right. know. <laughs> who, who knows? We'll never know. No way to find out. Uh, but um, yeah, no, he's he's a Yarl master. Yeah, he mastered it in the pop world setting. I think. Uh, okay, that was A. B. My my findings part B. <laughs> Clean guitar picking balladry with expressive rock vocals about <laughs> abandonment. Or withdrawal. On their second album in 2000, Matchbox put out a successful ballad called If You're Gone. Like It was referenced before by Dan. It's a plaintive, delicate ballad with emotive, warbly vocals from Thomas and lyrical themes of desertion or evacuation. So now let's give it a listen. Forgot the horns. I think I've already lost you. This is already a little bit more poppy than their first album. Yeah. It's like the Creed thing where they went from sounding like a band to like a fully produced like product. Yeah, totally. 
I like this. <laughs> it's nice. It is nice. Yeah. Feels like your hand is on the door. I thought this place was on Empire. Now I'm relaxed. I can't be sure. And I think you're so mean. I think we should try. I think I can need this in my life. And I think I'm scared. I think too much. I know it's wrong. It's a problem I'm feeling. If you're gone, maybe it's time to come home. <laughs> okay, so we know that one. <laughs> Did forget how kind of embellished it is. It is. I didn't remember that how synth pad. This is, that's called yeah. "When I'm Gone" from 2000, right? Mm-hmm. Well, two years later, another group with a numeral in their band name comes out with a song with a pretty similar sounding title. It's called When I'm Gone. <laughs> Three Doors Down. Yeah. If right. We're Gone. Okay. Now it's When I'm Gone. This is the Army song, or one of the Army songs. One of the Army songs, yes. It rocks a little bit harder, but furthermore, on the same album, another song with the same kind of theme of absence or jilting as the Matchbox 20 song, Here Without You, similar. You know, I'm, I'm getting a similar vibe. Yeah, I like this comparison. Again. Other army songs. Also, another. Um, this is dedicated to the army wives. This, yes. <laughs> this is um, another number band. Also. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. You said that. I said that. I said numeral though. Okay. <laughs> In volume one, Brandon did point out Three Doors Down's uh, minor connection to college rock. He name dropped REM, and I think it's even more clear in what like Matchbox is doing. Yeah. Yeah. And for fun, I also wanted to point out how all three Three Doors Down songs have the same guitar part in the beginning. Same intro. Same shit. But Three Doors Down, as we've <laughs> discovered, is sometimes butt rock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see how um, maybe of all the butt rockers, Three Doors Down did take a little bit from Matchbox, Matchbox 20. Yeah. Maybe. It's possible. They took the chords that, that Matchbox was strumming and picked them. Because it's like the same kind of like chord progressions like that, like more poppy progressions, but... Matchbox, Matchbox wasn't really picking them. Sometimes there's a little bit, there's a little bit yeah, of picking. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. But it's more accentuated. It's yeah, more yeah. accentuated in Three Doors Down for sure. It's like the riff in Three Doors Down, yeah. Yeah. So that was Finding B. Here's Finding C. I think that Matchbox Twenty paved the path to a post butt rock career for some butt rock artist because. <laughs> In 1999, Rob Thomas famously collaborated with classic rock guitar maven Carlos Santana (laughs) on his album Supernatural to make one of the most successful songs of all time, 
smooth. One of the most uh, surprising number one hits of all time. <laughs> Death, the most surprising song of that year. The hit number one. You know, it's a classic. It's a meme at this point. But Rob Thomas, I think he's the one who makes this song. Oh, yeah. His contributions to this song specifically. So we all know this one. It's so knowable. But we might have at one point knew and then at another point forgot about this this just as stellar collaboration of Chad Kroger, a.k.a. Craig Choder, uh, <laughs> with Carlos Santana. No. For Santana's Shaman album just two years later. Oh, the, fu- the one with Michelle Branch, too, right? Well, yes, but that's... <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about here. No, I'm just saying, I forgot about the second album. Like, Yeah, yeah. So this is Shaman. Two years later, sorry, three years later after Smooth. Since the moment I spawned in you, like walking around with little wings on my Got Chad on, on the vocals. Oh, wait, yeah. I remember this song. When it's all right, yeah, it's, it sucks. <laughs> Definitely remember that. Wow, I haven't thought about this in a long time. It's called Why Don't You and I. Yeah. Oof. God, I yeah, I remember that's, that's that bad. one. Dave, did you remember that one? I did once I started playing it. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is this. Chad Kroger did that three years later, right? And, you know, without the massive success of mainstream good boy with a dash of bad boy, uh, rocker Rob Thomas with Smooth, I highly doubt Carlos is calling up Chad to collab with him on his follow-up album. And, like, actually Shaman from 2002 is a complete repeat of the formula that was initiated in Supernatural in 1999, which was to match Carlos Santana up with a wide variety of popular artists of the current day. So... I think Chad is like a direct replacement of Rob. Like Carlos Santana thought, oh, I had like a very successful song with like a a gruff sounding rock vocalist. Yeah. On my first album, well then F it. I'm going to do the same thing for this album. I'm going to call up Chad this time though. And here's the interesting thing. This is 2002. So Nickelback, still a pretty big band, but... Even five years later, when like Nickelback's starting to fade a little bit, maybe, I haven't really checked, but I'm assuming they're fading a little bit, <laughs> Chad collaborates with Santana again with an even bigger hit called Into the Night. And I think it's a bigger hit. I'm actually not sure.
it was easy to tell it was love from above that could save me from hell shit fire in a soul it was easy to see how the devil himself could be pulled out of me there were drums in the air as she started to chad's always harmonizing with himself yeah he's like super good at it I forgot about this. I remember that. You know, these were collaborations on these albums, but these were also released as singles and charted. So, like, they were released as singles, I think, because of the success of Smooth. They're trying to, like, recreate Smooth with a different rock vocalist. Interesting that he went back to the Chadwell twice, but not I know. Rob. I I know. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I didn't see another Rob Thomas collaboration, at least of note. And like, and I don't. I mean, you can tell me to to stop if this is going to step on anything you're going to do because Rob, you know, he had hits for his own solo career. Oh yeah. And so it's not like he like stopped doing stuff. And can I just say I. I hate those. Like I've grown to like appreciate the Matchbox Twenty stuff, but the solo stuff he did, I think, sounds so dated and stupid. Well, this is a great tee up for what okay. my bonus thing is gonna be. I just wanted to point out how quickly Matchbox Twenty's sound got noticeably shittier. Okay. <laughs> From two thousand to two thousand two. Sure, sure. And this is a a sample of their hit single. From that uh, 2002 album, Unwell. And we heard If You're Gone, we kind of got a sense of what that sounds like. This is two years later. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huge song. Yeah, way worse. I don't even associate this one with them. It doesn't even sound like a band anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a band. It doesn't. It just sounds like, yeah, ideas. I remember at the time feeling they were well past their prime with this song, even though it was only two years after their huge album. Kind of like a, like a, like a Maroon 5 syndrome. Okay. I was just about to point it out. This feels like a total precursor to Maroon 5 and their, their continual evolution of mainstream shittiness and becoming less a band and more of like a vehicle for Adam Levine. This is the year their debut album comes out. Right. And their debut album, is right. they're, they're, they're a band, and people really like that one. But after that, it becomes the Adam Levine show. Yeah, and it gets and worse then, and worse and more sad and pathetic. And Rob Thomas's <laughs> solo stuff kind of sounds a little like it's like trying to be Maroon 5 Do you remember the Lonely No More? You, yeah. I, I don't know oh, if I remember. I don't want to be lonely, lonely no, more. no more. Oh, that's oh, Rob Thomas solo. I don't want to pay for this. this. Like, Whoa. I don't want to be lonely no more. I don't want to have to pay for this. Yeah, I forgot about that song. Like, it's so stupid. And it's got like all these like sound effects. Like, like it's yeah. really bad. It's a bad it's one. It's really bad. 20, they have some... Great stuff to begin with, but then it really falls off a cliff come 2002 and onward. 
All right. That was Matchbox 20. Uh, <laughs> let's kick it on over to who? Which one? Who wants to pick it up? Well, I guess we're going to snake back. Snake uh, back? Snake back to me. I'm glad with the order that we've done this. Uh, Dan really set the scene for the butt rock. I took us a little bit away from Buck, Butt Rock, gave us a good picture of post-grunge. Dave gave us this now kind of like the alternative butt version going on at the same time um, as the hard rock butt. V- VH Buns. VH Buns. VH Buns. VH Buns. VH Bun. That's good. Yeah, VH Bun. VH Bun. So nice. the thing I was thinking about a lot while I was listening to live in particular is like those songs were a lot more like songs that you would learn on guitar like really like there were a lot of riffs in there like there were some of those like strummy guitar stuff but even when i was like a seventh grader i didn't want to like learn the strumming stuff i wanted to learn riffs right so Mm -hmm. live did have some of those like riffs right i think that's one of the things that maybe i didn't really like about the butt rock stuff like i was thinking about that more you know it was very easy in the beginning to do power chords right you know like that's why green day you know that type of stuff was like very easy to learn early on right um and and so I think some of this stuff you don't really have a concept of of like what the guitar parts is when you're just starting off. So I was I was really interested to revisit Collective Soul to see what the guitar stuff was doing because like you know Dave uh played on the last episode little bits of shine. Yeah, I put them on notice. I put them on notice. You for did put them on notice for all the lifting. Thievery. Yeah. So just to remind listeners real quick kind of call like a pretty tangible riff that i would hear at the time would be like i want to learn that like i can like i can hear how i could learn that you know it's like a power chord with like a little bit of a rhythm and like all type of stuff so this is our first album uh shine what do you guys think of uh his vocals here aside from the yeah like how buddy does it feel to you Not that butt. Not that butt, right? Not that butt. Not that butt. But then the Yura is like extreme butt, right? But it's just like this like one kind of thing, right? So again, a little similar to the live thing of kind of doing a little bit like of different personality stuff, but it's almost like very extreme version of that. So let's go to the Hmm. next album. Let's go to the next album, December. Now this is the other song that when people kind of talk about. Can we get a... Yeah, so Collective Soul, the album Collective... Soul is 1995, so that's a year. The first af- one. Oh, the first one was 94, and this is 95. <clears throat> okay, Excuse sorry. Me. 94, first one. Yeah, so Shine, album. Shine is on... <clears throat> oh, what is happening to my voice? Uh, Shine is on Hints, Allegations, and Things Left Unsaid. That's okay. 1994. Um, so the other song that people kind of go to when they think of Collective Soul is December. Um We'll get to the chorus, but I also want to play the verse because I think it's uh, kind of immediately setting up this thing that I was kind of talking about with live and what we're going to get into here. So, right, there's our open picking, right, Dave? That's the guitar sound. But now, a little bit of an interesting thing happens vocally that I always kind of forget about. Why drink the water from my hand? His voice, when he doubles himself, 
an octave up is like kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of Foo Fighters for some reason. Uh, yep, I can hear that. I can hear that. And then here we go. It sounds like the Pretender riff. Right, so like, yeah. it comes out of him sometimes. It, yeah, yeah. It like it like bursts out of him. But now here's something that is very much not but. You don't have to do it, man. Yeah. So here's a couple of things that are very much not but, like, like harmonies like that. I mean, Nickelback does that. But then also here's something that we haven't heard. Percussion. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, a, a, a fact I always kind of forget is that this Ed of Ed, Ed, and Eddie did go to Berkeley too. And you can kind of hear like all this like very structured, like groove oriented, like orchestrated stuff there. So there's December, right? Now, do you guys know this? This was their other kind of big hit. That was a December to Rectumber. Rectumber, yes. <laughs> so aside from that, oh wait, no. before we before no. we move on, aside <laughs> from the turn your head now, bear, not really buddy, right? Right. Yeah, it's interesting. So like. Does he feel obligated to throw some Yarl on the track? I don't know, because he did it in Shine, too. I don't like that he does it. Yeah. I probably would like them a little bit more if they didn't go into those Yarly directions seemingly yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, because... <laughs> it's kind of annoying. All the other stuff kind of is like stands alone as... Kind of like we were saying with Live, where it's like, oh, it's like it, like it, it stands by itself, and then it like goes into this weird kind of area. Here's our other song that really I know I've said Goo Goo Dolls like a billion times, but like this, but this is kind of also supporting your thing, Dave, of like maybe like the VH Buns thing of um, of side of things. But this to me is a little more Goo Goo Dolls than Matchbox. This is not Goo Goo Dolls. No, <laughs> right? Isn't it like very much that? Oh yeah, it is. Literally that. What what album is this? Same album. Same album. That? And so here's the strings. What the fuck? This is a big song. This is a really big hit, and I remember Daughtry covering this on American Idol. Okay, also, a drum beat you would not hear in but It's like a... You know what I mean? Like, it's a... Yeah. Okay, then it goes back to another verse, but we're going to go to the chorus here. I don't know that song at all. It just sounds like other songs or artists I, 
I do know. Yeah. So th- this song, I do think, was like, oh, it was David Cook, and not Country. It was David Cook that covered it. Um, <laughs> uh, I just saw it on the Wikipedia page. Uh, I think this song was very influential to that side of things, because like when you look at Goo Goo Dolls' discography, like all these right. bands we've been covering, they kind of hit like pretty quick, you know. Um, I mean, Live had a couple albums before '94. Uh, Goo Goo Dolls did not. They their album when they like really hit big, Dizzy Up the Girl is in '98. They had one, two, three, four, five albums before that, from the '87 on. Oh wow! And like they like they were a little bit more harder rock, which is why I always kind of brought them up because like I associated them their earlier stuff with like a little bit more hard rock stuff. Well, they have a few hits before that though, right? Am I? I think there was a. Um, isn't like one of their bigger songs like from like uh, the, the album before that? Iris. So Iris was ninety eight, and then right. name was from a boy named Goo, which is ninety five. The same time as this album here. So ninety five. Yeah. So that's a that's a that's a hit. So like, but before that, they didn't have any hits. Right. Yes. I think so. Like yes. that is the same year as this, but. But this sound clearly this sound is more like later Goo Goo Dolls, the, you know. And you know what this sound becomes is Edwin McCain, uh, totally like all that type of stuff. You know what I mean? The like yeah. I could not ask for more. Like it's like all this like <laughs> epic songwritery base. Because that's the thing again when you listen to this collective soul stuff, right? Kind of like what I was saying with live. It's like very deliberate, like arranged. It's not like emotionally led. It's the Nickelback thing of like songwriting. Hmm. Collective Soul, they are collecting a lot of things, like from all these different places. <laughs> yeah. It's very yeah. much a collector's band. They're collecting souls of other yeah, bands. Yeah, collecting your souls. Yeah, there's something about them that feels like almost like how we talked about last episode with Stone Temple Pilots. They're always morphing into some other band, like yeah. taking on a completely different sound. His voice changes dramatically. Eh. I don't think I like that about them. There are parts of their songs that I, I do kind of like, but I don't know. It feels I, uh, it feels a little disjointed. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like this this album, the one with December and the world I know, is like one that my dad had that I listened to a lot. And now when I like listen back through it the other day, I was like, just like what you said, there are parts in songs I still really like, but. All of it together, I don't always love. I wanted to play, so just to kind of go along with this theme of now collecting souls of their different sounds. So what do they sound like when they're... Ursula. Ursula? Ursula. Ursula. Collecting souls, yes. Poor unfortunate. Um, I wanted to play you... So if, if Shine was them doing like a harder rock thing, what was their hard rock on this album? Okay. And let's see if it's butt or not. I don't know how to describe that. <laughs> it sounds like Going Out West by Tom Waits at first. And it's like, uh, she drives me crazy. Yeah, yes, that's the vocal I was thinking of. Yeah. Hey, the vocals sometimes, even that reminded me of like something Dave Grohl would do. Yeah. And then... 
like just like what the fuck it's just like kind of it's bizarre random soul yeah um and but then they'll also have this like uh, matchbox i'm fucking done with yep. this band <laughs> like what the like this this one was always weird Get the shit off. Turn the shit off. This is my segment. Chill. This ain't butt. This is not butt. It's no longer relevant. <laughs> so, but this one is a li- this one's a little bit more Matchbox 20 there. You're just playing us what you like. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so, then, after that... <laughs> So this is so this is my favorite thing about this. So after that, they have these like poppy songs, okay, that all do really well, like moderately for for what they are. Their next album, their like main song is called Heavy, and then this was like kind of like their last semi-relevant thing. This is what year? This was 90 99. Yeah, a couple years later. Huh. They like went back to this what? kind of thing. Like it's really <laughs> strange that they went back this direction. Sounds like Metallica. <laughs> oh yeah. I never listen to this. Like I don't know this album like at all. They're combining too many different things. <laughs> they are. It's like, like pick a lane, like, dude. Yeah. Oh, oh, but wait, this this song has a thing that really reminds me of Dan. Wow. Okay. The Yarl's back. Yeah. I mean, it's just strange that I, I didn't know anything about live, and, like, both of these bands have just, like, really kind of all-over-the-place songs that don't really always flow together. This is not as kind of like abrupt and abrasive as some of the live stuff, but um Oh, I think it's I think it is more. Really? I think live has like an a weird sound, but it kind of meshes well together. This is like so all over the place that I don't think it does. Oh, I I guess I meant within the songs. Like, yes, I think live has a more uniform sound, but I think that the songs would take weirder turns. Yeah. Yeah, and I like the live stuff definitely more now. But so again, this is definitely influencing the other side of things than butt though. So so far, still Dan has the most butt influenced post grunge stuff. Because this is this is more of that the other stuff, Goo Goo Dolls, yeah. Evan McCain, Matchbox, that era. Even though that was all kind of happening simultaneously. So maybe we picked the wrong post grunge bands because there were other ones that you know are mentioned, like Presidents of the United States of America. Like we didn't listen to them. There were a couple other ones. But we do have one more to do, which I don't think really fits into post crunch. Era wise, it does, but right, yeah, because we didn't include. Well, maybe uh, counting crows in our like. What do we say about them? The, the other bands that kept coming up. So here's where the ones, especially in the main Wikipedia article of post grunge, were Foo Fighters, Live, Bush, Puddle of Mud, Stained, 
Breaking Benjamin, Nickelback, Theory of a Dead Man, Default, Creed, Collective Soul, Silver Chair, Candlebox, Presence of the United States, and Matchbox 20. So we split some of that into the like later yeah. like butt era. Mm-hmm. But then some of them, uh, like Candlebox, I think is like very post-grunge, but I don't really know. Yeah, I think maybe we can agree. I mean, Bush is right there with Puddle of Mud. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah. yeah. Mostly grunge, but then the when they leave it, it's it's butt. Yeah, and the 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 one thing that Collective Soul does have is the spontaneous Yarl, but it's very spontaneous. Oh, totally. Yeah, not consistent enough for for them to be in the butt conversation, really. Yeah, they're just doing their own thing, and sometimes they draw from grunge elements that also are in butt sounds, but like they're completely their own thing that. They just do not apply, I think, yeah. at all. Like, I think live does a little bit more, but they're they're too weird. Eclectic, yeah. Bush completely applies. Mm-hmm. They get the job. Matchbox 20, I guess there's elements there, but they're so... Uh, there's elements that could kind of apply, but I don't think they're like a major influence. Yeah, I don't think so. But we have one more band left. Dan? Yeah. Um. Ah, doesn't, that, doesn't that just feel so good? From all the crap we've heard on this episode, it just feels so good to have Hootie and the Blowfish play, uh, playing one of my favorite bands. This is Only Want to Be With You. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. Uh, I mean, another Jarl King. Hootie. That's why we're talking about this band. Hootie's a Yarl yeah. King. He's right. He's with Rob, right there with Rob Thomas. It's really, it's the only buddy thing that this band has to offer is, is um, what Darius is doing. Big misconception. Darius is not Hootie. Darius is not Hootie. Big misconception. The name of the band is yeah. Hootie and the Blowfish. Darius Rucker is not Hootie. It's like <laughs> Hootie and the Bullfish were the like nicknames of two guys they knew in college. That's that's it. That's that's the joke. So what year is this, Dan? Ninety-four. Uh, this okay. is from their album Cracked Rear View. It was the best-selling album of '95, so it did really well in '95. But it came out in '94. Um, they have Sitcom pop riff. Yeah. They have six studio albums, one EP. Um, this one's 94, but they released an album, I think, last year. Yeah, their sixth album came out last year. Um, but there was a big gap between 2005 and 2019. Sorry, not last year, 2019. Oh, sorry, Now, like, that whole part of the song is, like, he name drops Bob Dylan, and then he, like, lifts a couple lines from a Dylan song. Yeah. Tangled Up in Blue. And we learned two episodes ago that Bob Dylan, who wrote Knocking on Heaven's Door, the godfather of butt, possibly. Right. With Guns N' Roses' cover of his song, which is a butt rock song, maybe. The, um, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. We, we determined that, you know, Guns has... Buns elements. Um, I think there was a lawsuit between Hooting the Blowfish and Bob Dylan. Dylan? Beca- like, un, uh, without permission, they used that that reference. 
So I think there was a lawsuit. I think I read that. Um, so beyond the six studio albums, they also put out an album of just covers in 2000. Wikipedia describes them as soft rock, roots rock, heartland rock, country mm. rock, and jangle pop. Yeah. That's, uh, I think it's, all that's pretty accurate, you know, throughout, you know, their sound. Their lineage feels like it's a little, um, uh, like bare naked ladies. Yeah. Okay. I can, um, I can hear that. They are, I mean, by definition, college band. Uh, that's how they formed. They literally formed in, in college, in college, uh, university of South Carolina. That's where, um, Darius Rucker and Mark Bryan met in the mid '80s when they were freshmen at University of South Carolina. They would perform as a duo doing covers, and then they they eventually met with the other guys in the band. They put out a couple EPs. Took them a few years to get signed because a lot of these labels wanted the grunge sound. It was something kind of interesting I read. Hmm. So um, they um, interesting, yeah. Like this wasn't the sound that you know the labels wanted from any band. They wanted you know more of the the grunge thing, but then they eventually did get signed and they put out this humongous album in 94. Like I said, the best selling album of 1995. This song is certainly closer to butt with like the kind of vibe. She sits alone Let her cry. Cause like it is sad boy. Brandon was talking a lot about sad boy. We were talking about butt rock and like, I guess like culturally this is closer to what butt rock is because this is also the type of band that makes it okay for aggro jocks to kind of show emotion and be into something more sensitive, which is kind of true. what we're getting from Butt Rock, too. So there are those similarities, I guess, if I had to pull something outside of just the vocals. It's a little more introspective than a, just a straight love song. It's like a talking to yourself. Like, right, yeah. You know, like, Hootie and the Blowfish are college rock, but they're not, like, liberal arts college. They're more like athletics, like the athletics yeah, department. You're right, they'd be playing at, like, the main bar, not at the weird bar. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, they, would, yeah. they would play at a frat, probably. Like, business yeah. school. Like, at the business school. <laughs> the business school. <laughs> yeah. I like all these songs. I know you guys aren't as big into Hootie as I am, but I enjoy all this. There's definitely a lot of overlap with Matchbox 20 and, Ho- and Hootie. Yeah. They probably have the same direct influences. Yeah. Yeah, this is very Matchbox. And this is Time, another huge one from this album. It's kind of butt rock, guitar. <laughs> probably Time. like a little yeah, bit. Kind of, kind of. Right? Yeah. I like this one. Hold her hand was another the other huge one. I don't I don't know if I remember this one. Pretty big one. I remember Hold My Hand. Yeah. Then um, the album after this one wasn't as big, but it had like a couple like hits. Johnson Weatherby, was it called? We played this on the show. Remember this song? We played this on the pod. Um, right. I think, I think during one of the tournaments. I think so. This is Old Man and Me. This is from their next album, Fairweather Johnson. Um, that was close. But yeah, this vibe. Okay, but I did find a song where vocally it's like, whoa, okay. So, um, kind of a departure from their normal vibe. Twenty seconds in, same album. Listen to Darius here. This it's called "Be the One." This song. Yeah, 
Yeah, right? Cobain. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? It's like hardcore Yarl. Like. Not guttural. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to dilate that one. That wow. was kind of interesting wow. from him. Okay. <laughs> I, that one vocally kind of loose butt, very loose butt. <laughs> Prolapsed. Or maybe, maybe, it's, <laughs> maybe it's tight butt. <laughs> no, you know what? It might be actually be super tight butt. Like he's like it's struggling, like it's constipated. Maybe constipation. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. constipation. Yeah. The anguish you go through when you're constipated. Yeah, that's... Um, uh, hemorrhoid uh, butt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's that subgenre, whatever that song is. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the only connection with Hootie really is is you know is him. It's you know the Yarling music. There's really not much. It's uh, it's a departure from grunge. It's happier, but there are some you know sadder, I guess, sort of songs. And but gets into that. Yeah. But Matchbox is doing that too. It's kind of like a similar thing. Yeah. Like a subject matter of song. Yeah. But like what you said, they're they're also kind of considered Heartland and that's like also kind of the same audience of Butt Rock, you know, years later. Right. But I would say Butt Rock is like not college rock at all. No. It's, it's appealing to people who don't go to college, I think. More than anything. <laughs> 100%. I agree with GED you. GED rock. This is probably appealing to like tech bros of the time or I, I don't know. like <laughs> Tech bros. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm with you. And uh, here's something else I thought of earlier in the show. I want, I'm happy I remember this. And <laughs> this might be a bit of a stretch, but I think this movement right after grunge I think a big motivator of these bands to do, you know to go more Hootie, more Matchbox Twenty. Mm-hmm. I'd say maybe a little less of the bands Brandon showed, maybe some of that. But this direction, I think, is motivated by. Listen, you've seen these grunge shows, and who's there? It's all dudes wearing plaid. We need to get laid. Yeah. We need chicks. We can't do that stuff for guys anymore. That's done. We need right. stuff that chicks can come to. We need women coming to our show okay. so we can get laid. They're trying to open up the <laughs> audience, like to make it more co-ed. Yeah, that might be part of I the see, motivation. I, I mean, I mean, look, I <laughs> this stuff, there's obviously women grunge fans, but when you think of grunge, you think of women at these shows, like obsessing over these bands. No, I'm not. Not, not at as all. much. It's more I mean, male-driven. I yeah. We didn't really talk about the audience for some of these bands. Like yeah. Matchbox 20, I think of appealing more to, to ladies. Right. Or more feminine people. Like, I think like... I think Hootie's a good mix. True. But like grunge, I think of these dudes. And butt rock, I think of dudes. More male. It's yeah. dudes. Good point. I actually I agree with you, but I think what is so interesting about butt rock is that stuff did kind of transcend it all. Cause like, Definitely. You know what I mean? Because like, like yeah. the reason Matchbox Twenty broke through was because it also went not even just to like a di- like a diversified gender crowd, but also adult. Like it went to the adult radio too. Like, yeah, you know, true. Like, so it crossed there, and 
like live wasn't going to do that, you know, like, but, you know, like that wasn't going to do that, like that, like you're saying, like some of that stuff. But that is what but did have in common was that it hit all, it hit the, all quadrants. Yeah, yeah it, hit, exactly. it hit all of the quadrants. Like that's why Creed and Nickelback were so big because it hit all these different things. Yeah. Do you think the metal head women in the 80s like falling around these to? metal bands in the 90s where where they go i guess they became moms and yeah but maybe they did start listening to like matchbox 20 and uh those moms i don't know that's a good question good point now question i have is do you think hootie and the blowfish fits into my vh bun butt rock variant totally do you think pro- yeah, probably I th- I think 100% yeah. Yeah. BH buns. Yeah, I think then like was that like Counting Crows too? Yeah, I guess yeah. Counting Crows would definitely fit into that too. But definitely. Like, mm-hmm. But about like Blues Traveler. Probably, Maybe? yeah. Maybe? VH. And then I would say Train is like tail end. Train, VH bun. Yeah, Train is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, so this is this this has been uh, an interesting look. I mean, maybe we didn't get as clear a picture of post grunge as you know maybe we uh, thought we would, but we definitely grew the see the the paths towards other things in the butt era. Um, well, in some ways, because a lot of the stuff did not really apply, it made us like reinforce our idea of what butt is. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So I think it was a worthwhile venture. Yeah, because Dan did co- he did say, and actually the collective soul thing kind of proves his point of how he started the series off by saying, "If there is no Yarl, I can't consider it." But right, and then and then now you've kind of nah. grown towards like accepting that, and then even though collective soul has these moments of extreme Yarl, it just doesn't. It still it won't qualify. It doesn't make it qualify. Yeah, it was, so you're right, Dave. Nah, that it really helps. They're not committed. It it helps us see the picture uh, more clearly. More clear. So that's, that's it was a good point. an uninformed look, and now we're educated. We're listening to more of this and uh, yeah. getting an informed opinion. And I'm like kind of blown away that that song "Come Down" by Bush was from 1994. I know. I can't believe that because that song came on, and I, I was like, "This this sounds like something from 2000." Yeah, like you're not yeah. wrong, man. Like I, this you, feels like something from one of the now CDs I had, like in that era when we were in like middle school, like 2000, 2001. And it's not; it's from '94 when it, like all the other songs are basically grunge, and there's that piece of shit. Um, I guess we could call Bush one of the earliest butt rock bands, maybe the first. Yeah, I'm willing to say that. Yeah, because yeah. like none of the gr- we didn't really establish any of the grunge bands being butt bands. We just had some butt songs. Yeah, ish, but more butt elements, not butt songs. It felt too pure to be butt. Those songs. Yeah, Stone Temple yeah. Pilots was the most was the closest, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would like say their later so. stuff. Yeah, or mm. there, there was that one Pearl Jam song that I hate. Pearl Jam song you hated? Yeah. Oh, Alive. Yeah, one of the Pearl oh, Jam yeah. one of the Pearl Jam songs uh, Brandon played, I hated it. But I don't know if that makes it yeah. but um It doesn't. It's that no, nothing not felt but. as nothing felt as but as Bush. No, Bush was like yeah. I really felt it. Like my ass hairs like stood up. 
Yeah, Soundgarden wasn't like, you know, I just searched, I just tried looking for Jarl with him, but it was never but songs, really. No. Yeah. No. Favorite band this episode? Live. Yeah, Can I, I agree. I like live. Uh, Hootie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Always. It just makes me happy. Some, um, something about it. It makes me feel great. If it makes you happy, then... Oh, wow. Is Sheryl Crow... <laughs> Uh, VH Bun or Matchbox, like a, like a similar thing. Those first couple Matchbox albums are good. I, I like that stuff. I yeah. like the early Matchbox stuff too. It is good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bush is not good, but it was a revelation. And yeah, I was really uh, appreciative of hearing them. Yeah, Collective Soul. I now have a better idea of like what that band is. I don't really like it, but now I have a um, defined yeah. defined sense of like their lack of d- definition. And then live is like, whoa, weirder band than I'd ever think. I'm, I might listen to that album. I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah, I gotta listen to that album again because it was, in, it was interesting. Yeah, got the Jerry Harrison bump. <laughs> At first, I felt bad for him having to do that, but maybe it I'm sounds thinking, good. Hey, yeah, he ha- he heard something I didn't initially pick up on, so good for yeah. him. Yeah, and it's a good, it's a good sounding album. It sounds yeah. better than a lot of other stuff from that time. Oh yeah, cool. Well, so this was, but. Everything But Rock, Volume 4, will be back. Volume 5. Oh, and for Volume 5, we're doing something pretty special. We are asking the listeners to send in songs that you might think are but to us. You can send it to uh, our Twitter at Dan and Brave. DM us on Instagram at Dan and Brave Presents. Maybe it's a song that you've heard all your life or and you want to know, is this but? Is this but? Send it on in, and we'll review it on that episode. And then we also have songs that we've picked out that we're a little bit more on the fence about. These are songs that we discussed before this whole journey began. You know, at the time, we were like, we don't think this is but. But maybe after these last few episodes, we will consider them but. Yeah. Then we can't record until after we do that and after the episode comes out, if that's what you, how you want to do this. Just keep that in mind. What do you mean? What? If you're saying in this episode to submit songs, this is the announcement to people to submit songs, then we can't record the next episode until after this one comes out. I guess you're kind of right. Yeah, we could also just post that, though. Okay, you're right. So I'm going to have to just post <laughs> this beforehand. <laughs> All right, I'm just saying. Yeah, and, and if you submit a song we've already talked about, you're excommunicated from the show. We are going to file a restraining order against you. Whatever it takes, and make, make sure you never listen again. We're going to remove all the downloads. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to pull the show. If you submit anything we'll we've already you. talked about, <laughs> you're done. You're going to be pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you're done, and we're done. This has been Butt Rock, episode four Everything But Rock, the story of Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Uh, I'm presenter Aston Tushio, a.k.a. Brand New Thong Two Cheeks O, because my last real name, my last real name is uh, Tutsio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got that all right. You're all right. <laughs> uh, presenter number two, the deuce, the shit. <laughs> Taking a big old dump all over my co-host and all over the audience. Presenter Danny, a.k.a. presenter Fanny Stinkshift, or Danis Stinkson, or just Danal. Thanks for listening. And this is Dave 
Cologne. We, uh, well, Dave Colon, who I thought I was only being for this Butt Rock series, but I've come to realize I've always been Dave Colon my whole life, <laughs> and I just have to accept it. And this this Butt Rock series, everything Butt Rock series, is helping me find out who I am. It's an exploration of the sound of Butt Rock, but also the the heart of Dave Colon. So thank you for guiding me through this guys. And we will check back in next week with the controversies of butt rock, butt rock controversies and submissions. 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 I don't know. Omissions. Omissions. Crack missions. Crack (laughs) missions. Bye. 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 I love the way you smack my ass. I love the way you smack my ass. I love the way you smack my ass. I love the way you smack my ass.